Welcome to the new and improved APW Property Podcast. We're going to be trying to bring these to you every Monday, looking at the previous week, what's coming up this week, uh, what's going on in the property market, and any other interesting human stories we think are worth covering with myself, Callum Williamson, and Stuart Williamson. Although I would point out, I don't think we should limit it just to human stories, because there are some quite exciting animal stories out there as well or even possibly alien, for that matter. <laughs> Have you got any off the bat? Um, no, I'm working on it. We'll come up later. Okay. Carry on. Put you on the spot there. Okay, so uh, what are we trying to do? We'll try and keep these to, I think, 20, 30 minutes, any longer than that. Um, might get a bit boring for people. So uh, what have we got this week? Do you want to kick us off with some property news, Stuart? Okay, well, last week we did the market wrap as you're aware, Stuart Williamson at the helm. And the topic always. was... Always. thank you. And the topic was, is it soaring? And that came from the back of a client asking that. And uh, I think I said at the time, you know, don't people read the press or don't they read websites and research? And at the end of the day, people don't because it's not their core business. If they're a teacher, they teach. If they're an oil engineer, they're an oil engineer. And so that's what we try and do is bring information to the marketplace information to our clients so they can learn what it's all about and that's what the market wrap is all about and last week it was is it soaring indeed it is in the uk mm -hmm. and then we talked a little bit about alternatives to buying property which are which at the time was everyday cars because everyday cars in the uk have gone up by nearly 10 percent in the last two months, I think. Um, uh, sorry, have you have you ever made a good car investment? Car that's gone up in value. Yeah, I think so. I bought um, that nineteen sixty three Beetle for five thousand US, and it must be worth more than five thousand US now. I mean, there's a website uh, in the US. Let's see what they're called. They're called Investing in Collectible Cars, and I reckon that the average uh, Beetle is now worth 20,000 US if it's come from that sort of era. So potentially, yes. I mean, probably not in reality, but we could have done. Okay, good stuff. Uh, I actually, you know, talking about is the market soaring and stuff like that, um, I had a question from a friend of mine, actually, who's living and working in Australia in the mines in Perth. And he was asking me about buying a house back in South Wales to, to use as a home. And his question to me was, you know, should he... Should he jump in now and buy a property now whilst he's going back in a year's time? Should he buy at home now or should he wait until he's back? Um, you know, because he said he didn't really want to miss out on the growth that people are seeing in the market at the moment. So what, you know, what's the best the best strategy forward for him? Um, I think it definitely is a time to buy now. I mean, this upcoming market wrap on Friday, he's actually going to be entitled... Um, UK property market, am I missing the boat? And should you jump in now or should you wait on the sidelines? And if you look at, I think, a wrap we did two or three weeks ago, we talked about the 18-year market, market cycle. Even if we're in a boom run now, we're probably only a couple of years into it and there's every chance we've got another three or four years still to go. And then when it does crash, and it will come down at the end of that, it won't come down to levels that it was two or three years ago it'll come down to a new base which will be much higher than that so it's a great buying opportunity in addition you've got inflation on the horizon and inflation will basically erode your debt away 
I mean, how that works is simply if you if you borrow a hundred pounds now and inflation is running at two and a half percent, then over five years that's going to be twelve and a half percent of devaluation of your your loan. So your loan would actually be eighty seven and a half thousand pounds or eighty seven pound fifty, as opposed to being a hundred pounds. So inflation has eroded it away. So good time to buy now. Low interest rates. If you're worried, jump in, get a fix on the interest. So if it does go up, it doesn't matter to you. But it's a buying opportunity at the moment. Jump in for sure. Tell your friend that. Whereabouts in South Wales is he from, by the way? <laughs> he's a he's a bridge end boy. He is in between Cardiff and Swansea. From Swansea, Cardiff, Swansea. Speaks a bit like that, does he? That's it. Well, what, what I actually said to him was something something similar. Um, did you have to speak to him in a Welsh accent, or? No, I see. Well, it was just on WhatsApp. See, we, we don't call any more millennials, do we? We we do it all on text. Oh, right. But, um, no, I said to him, you know, he's got to define the, why he's buying it. What's it for? You know, if he's buying for an investment as an investment, then yeah, he needs to jump in and be in the market now because you've got to be in it to win, win it. It's time in the market, not timing the market. But if it's a uh, a home somewhere he's going to use as a house, then it's a different decision. You know, it's uh, it's heart, not head. So for him, it's going to be a home. It's not an investment. He's not worried about how it, you know, if it goes up in value or renting it out or anything like that, you know. So from his perspective, he, he'd rather just wait, save up a bit more cash and not have the hassle of changing mortgages when he goes back or, or whatever it is. So in his instance, you know, he's happy to wait because he's not, he's not bothered in, on missing out on the growth. So I think it's important to, to clarify why you're buying, you know, yes, if you want to gain from it and it's an investment, then you need to be in the market to do that. But if it's not for that, then don't stress about it. Um, is what I said to him. Um, I don't know. I'd still say that he's better to be in now. I mean, if he knows Bridgend, he probably knows where he wants to buy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we always say, you know, if you're going to buy a home, go and rent where you're buying first before you buy. Yeah, but if he knows Bridgend, he doesn't need to do that. And I think Bridgend, although it was once the largest, um, what was it, the largest? Um, uh, pretty large housing estate. That was it. It was the largest housing estate in Europe for a while. Yeah. And although it is pretty grim and it's full of Welsh people, but if he knows where he wants to buy, he should buy it anyway, because even houses that are homes, as opposed to ones in, in hard investment locations, are still going to get dragged up in price. Yeah. So he's still going to be getting capital appreciation on his money. So he may as well take that if he can. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. But uh, he's he's not a very uh, ruthless, jumping kind of bloke. But, you know, if you give him the whole picture and, you know, he makes his own decision as long as he's comfortable with it. But I think you're right. You know, there is, even in Bajent, I mean, you look at some of the, the figures coming out at the moment and you're seeing... You know, nine, ten, ten percent plus growth year on year because people are trying to move out of cities and whatever to uh, to the Wales and the green countryside. Um, no, there is definitely a, or there has been a a trend to do that, but I don't think it's the trend. If you read the press, you know they always say that the end is nigh because that's what sells papers, but or sells advertising rather because you're not buying the paper, you're buying the advertising. So it's the same with um, that. There has been a move to the country, but it's only the super wealthy that have really done it. Your average person living in Cardiff isn't going to be able to move out to the, to the sticks. Yeah, but they may be able to move now and buy a better house because they're going to be working three days from home as opposed to a whole week in a city. But you know, there isn't this great run for the 
run for the country that people seem to paint a picture of. And you know, London will return to normal, and it already is doing. I mean, rents were down 19% wow. year on year to the end of March this year in the inner London. You know, now they're back and is it, is it under supply? People are bidding on properties to get into there because people are moving back and that's what they want. Yeah, good. That's a, that's a good point. Um, and just going back to something you said earlier about, you know, um, inflation eroding, eroding away your debt, all, all of that sort of stuff. You know, I think people can get caught up, especially in a boom period of, uh, you know, trying to get in and, and make as much capital appreciation as possible. But I think, again, it comes back to your goals, but people have got to realise or you've got to realise when you're getting into property that it's not just about the capital appreciation, is it? You know, like you said, you've got your debt being eroded. If You've got a tenant in there who's going to be paying down that debt for you as well. And then as well, you've got consistent income. So you've got a couple of different types of return from the property, not just the capital appreciation. Um, so I think it's important to weigh up all of those factors when you're looking at the market and and some of those returns, like the inflation eroding away debt, like the income you're going to get from a tenant, are longer term returns. You know, they do build up over time. It's not like the capital appreciation that's two, three, four, five years of the boom period. So, um, yeah, I think it's important to look at the whole picture and do yeah. your research, watch the market wrap, obviously. Um, I think it's also, also things to be aware of, you know, that, um, you know, during the COVID period, you know, people are still using it as an excuse not to pay rent. And it is happening, even though we might play it down. We've seen a, you know, a fair amount where people say, I can't afford to pay it. And in reality, they can. They're just trying to pull the wool over people's eyes to try and save some money. And that is a, a risk out there. There is the risk that interest rates could double as well. So you have to be aware of that. So it's not a case of just running in blindly and buying. It's do the calculations, look at the locations. There's going to be there's a lot of regional imbalance as far as where is going up and where will continue to grow up. I mean, just not to berate Bridgend too much, but I mean, what is new? <laughs> Come on now, layoff. <laughs> it's fantastic. Though. Yeah. What is new industry going into Bridgend? Well, there isn't any, is there? You know, there used to be at the big Sony factory and you've got a couple of, I think, a big Ford factory there, but there's no new industry really i mean i suppose its selling point would be the fact that it's commutable to cardiff it's commutable to bristol um you know and and you can get more for your money so this whole people working from home thing you might see more people there but it's not got reasons itself i don't think to to be going up in in value massively no and that's true i mean it's the same with newport for example newport is going up in value not because it's a great place to live because it's not it's because the you know, the toll has gone off the um, seven yeah. bridge. Yeah. So people are now commuting from there and they don't have to pay £10 a day. So it's an easier place to live, to go into Bristol, for example. But, I mean, if you're looking at places with real growth, I mean, Cardiff itself has this new med tech boom going on. You know, Swansea has the med tech boom. I mean, I think they're third and fourth universities for importance as far as med tech development in the UK. And they are real reasons why you'd want to buy in those places. And it's the same with the north of England. If you have equidistant locations in places like the Midlands, and the name itself says it all, Midlands, mm. middle of England. <laughs> I didn't England. realise that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> we know these things from up north. Yeah. And um, Midlands is where you're going to have distribution centres. And that's why people like Lidl, uh, Amazon, Tesco, 
are putting their distribution centers around there. And that's where the new industry is going. And that's why um, Mansfield rents have been going up at 6.5% per annum. Because although Mansfield, again, is a pretty grim location, it's great for um, rentals because of the how that works. Great for rentals, yeah. And um, yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> Oh, it's amazing that you've actually had a thought. I mean, it's been a while, hasn't it? It must, it must be lonely inside that head of yours. Cut that one out. There's just a monkey with a symbol going. So back to the point. This yeah. is why Mansfield is such a great location, because it has all these equidistant distribution sites. It's close to the M3. It's close to the, sorry, the M1, the M3, I think. It's close to railway hubs. You know, Nottingham's a huge railway hub. And it's where the new HS2 will be going. So consequently, that's why it's a good place to buy in the Midlands. Although it is the middle of the country, it's also the middle of nowhere, frankly. So um, I think twice before living there, but certainly investing in there is a good place. I'd probably go through this whole um, podcast and, in, in, and insult every person around the country. I would point out that Whitby has got the second highest stupidity rate in the UK, where I'm from. There are more daft people up there than anywhere else apart from Grantham where uh, Margaret Thatcher came from. That's a good study, but you make up for it, Whitby, by having what is supposedly the best fish and chip shop in the whole of the UK. Although oh. I would say Regend had a fish and chip shop that won the best fish and chip shop award about 10 years in a row. So I'd like to check out the validity of these um, of these claims. No, Mag- the Magpie Cafe, everyone knows that, is the best chipper in the UK. Although Harry Ramsden's was for a while, I think, in... In Manchester, that's where they came from, I think. Okay, back to the point. Anyway, so you mentioned uh, we were talking about doing research and, you know, there's risks out there and, and all of that sort of stuff. You talked about people not paying rent. Um, I think there actually, I think there was a, because of the COVID, there was a, a lock on people uh, being evicted, wasn't there? But I think that's that's uh, being lifted at the end of this month. So it will be easier to get tenants out that aren't paying you rent. Um, but what are... What are some of the other things that you can do, you know, when you're looking to uh, get into property, you know, to de-risk? I mean, obviously, do, do you research all of that sort of stuff, put contingencies in place? I mean, I like to uh, I like to have a spreadsheet with a, with a bottom end, a top end and a most likely end of how the financials will look on each project. If I go over, if I get lower rents, if I get higher rents, all that sort of stuff. So what, what would you say, you know, what are some of the things you use or what are... What are um, some of the things you can do just to de-risk or to have the most information possible when you're looking at buying property? I think it's, it's, there is a propensity for people to overthink things. And it's, um, it's paralysis by analysis. You know, there is no right or wrong answer. There is no black or white. <laughs> Sorry, that, that reminds me. I've got, um, got a message on LinkedIn. I posted the, the market wrap from last week and... We, we've been criticizing places, but this is a criticism of us. And uh, it said, you know, when will when will the boom end? And the guy sent me a message. He was like, it's a wishy-washy video and we're not going to get a definitive answer. This guy is useless. Uh, referring to you. Sorry about that. <laughs> and uh, I thought, well, yeah, I can see, I can see how he would see that because there's not a definitive answer, but you can't. It's impossible to say, isn't it? You know that there's gonna. This is when the boom's gonna end, or this is when things are gonna change. I mean, 
who would have predicted in 2007, you know, so you've just got to make the most of it with the information you've got at the present moment in time. I mean, what would you say to, I, I won't name any names, but uh, what would you say to that? I would say that he's obviously a very, very clever individual and he has been, he's seen right through me and uh, he's obviously a very, very bright chap. And what I'd like to do is have a look at his market wrap and see how, how that is going. But um, back to the point, it, it, it is all hit and miss. Who knows? I mean, I don't really know what the answer is. If I did, I wouldn't be sitting here today talking into a microphone about property. I'll be sat on a beach somewhere or sailing the Sargasso Sea enjoying myself. But, you know, we, we all have to make choices and try and decision make, make decisions as to what is the best. At the moment, we believe we are in a soaring market. We believe it's a good buying opportunity. And if you don't overextend and make sure you've got enough money to pay down the mortgage if need be, don't yeah. do this buy and flip thing. Yeah. Just just be conservative and try not to overextend yourself. And it'll be okay. I'm not saying to go crazy mad and do stupid things, but you know, just be conservative, buy in nice locations. End of the day, you know, I bought in Spain and um, we went through that thing in Spain where all the properties were build, built on land that didn't belong to. Then he went through other problems and it was a ghost town for a while. But now Sota Grande is a exciting, good place to live. You just have to hold on and longer term things will go well. And what's the worst going to happen? Oh my Lord, the tenant might pay the rent off, pay the mortgage off. Oh no. And uh, I think, yeah, I think you, you know, that's a, that's a good point. If you're looking to get in and make money very quickly and get out, then obviously the shorter time period, the higher risk, right? There's more that could go wrong and there's more you're exposed to it. But if you're, as we advocate, you know, you're buying property and holding it for the longer term, it's massively de-risked. So, um, so yeah, I, w I would agree with you there, you know. That is the way to go. It's good buy and hold longer term. Okay, here's another one for you. I think if you do the research and you look at the the um, the property cycle, you know it's a consistent eighteen year thing. And despite what's gone on within those eighteen years over the past cycles, it still plays out for that period of time. What would you say to the people then who uh, you know who are saying, well, what about the stamp duty holiday ending? What about all these different things like COVID that we didn't have? in these other cycles will they cause the cycle to end or change prematurely you know I, I, I wouldn't have thought so because the history speaks for itself but but just just before I answer that then not that I'm bitter about that guy writing in and being dis, being disrespectful towards me um, this is what wishy-washy says you know look at other people who made um, um, forecasts over the last couple of years Knight Frank had the market in, tw in 2020, they said the market will drop by 3%. Jones Lang LaSalle said 8%. The CEBR, which I don't know what it stands for, said it would go down by 13%. Savills by 10 Okay, at one stage they said it would go down by 7.5% in one month alone. Okay, it's not for us to criticise the forecasters, but it's it helps us illustrate how difficult it is to predict property prices with any level of precision. And that's the truth of the matter. And what's different from this time to last time? The last time was in 2007, 2008. Uh, quantitative easing that's gone on on this occasion now is £450 billion, which is £200 billion in 2009. So you've got twice as much quantitative easing. 
you're twice as much spend on COVID support mechanisms of furlough, job retention, business loan schemes, kickstarts, all that sort of stuff. The stamp duty holidays added to it, but it's tiny in comparison to 450 billion being pumped into quantitative easing. 95% mortgages have been brought back in, all those sort of things. Other things to put into that are you know, low mortgage rates. When it came out of 2008, 2009, mortgage rates went right up straight away and that caused a major supply problem for people wanting to buy houses so they stopped and it caused a major, major problem. We're supposed to be building 345,000 new homes per year in the UK and we're building one quarter of that. So these are the things that support the market, not necessarily coming out of COVID and that's that's going to be the end of it all. There's lots of underlying, what's the word? Underlying structural Factors, problems, yeah. structural components. Anyway, that's me having a little chat, all right? Wishy-washy for a moment of finishing. Okay, well, yes, just so so that we, we don't fuel the fire of uh, of that guy, I think we we should leave it there. I think that's been not a bad return to play for um, for the first the first reincarnated APW property pod. As I say, we're going to try and we'll try and bring them out every Monday. Review the previous re- week, review the next week coming up. So, on that note, Stuart, is there anything this week that people uh, could be tuning into or should be looking at in terms of uh, what we're doing and what's going on in the market? I think you should be watching reruns of the uh, European Cup. I'd like to congratulate any Chelsea fans who are listening. Um, it's unfortunate of Man My City. Neighbor. Your neighbour? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So he's got a neighbour that supports Chelsea. I'd also recommend that Leeds United supporters keep an eye on Marcelo Bielsa. He has got his first signing coming this week, apparently. Over and above that, on Thursday at 5.30 Singapore time, Dave Webster from 79th Living is doing a, a webinar where he talks about how to make money out of distressed property in the UK, specifically focusing on the Hexham development he's working on at the moment. He'll talk you through his technique, his background. People who should watch it are people who would like to try and make short-term gains. Um, who should buy his their Webster's ideas? Only high net worth or sophisticated investors. Over and above that, I think that's probably most of the things that are going on this week. Um, obviously, the Lions to look forward to. Yep. Obviously, the new market wrap. Um, hopefully, we can improve on the quality of it for uh, he must not be named. I just uh, want, to, you want to just interrupt there. It's not actually the new market wrap. It's not actually a wrap based on new market where the horses are. Yeah. Although we could talk next week about horse racing. That's and what would idea. you say about people in new market? Stupid, world's best fish and chip shop. Anything mm, else? A new market, I think. I think it's a good place. It's got a lot of horse stuff going on. It's just down the road from Cambridge, I think, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Um, right, anyway, if you enjoyed listening to that, you'd like to find out a bit more about the basics of property and how you can get started as someone who's perhaps living overseas and go to our YouTube and watch the Buying My First Property series. If you'd like a bit more in-depth analysis and look at facts and figures, then go back and look at some of the old market wraps where Stuart goes into a bit more detail on those. Uh, Otherwise, I think we should leave it there and we'll see you next Monday for a bit more. What do you reckon? That's, That's fair enough. So it's goodbye from Wishy Washy. (laughs) And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye.